Hello, I'm Connor McCabe. I'm Jeremy Schmidt. And me, Otacon. And we're here with patreon.com slash supernpcradio. <laughs> and that's the zombie who lives in the library of the Raccoon City Police Department. And there it is. I just pissed myself. That's right. This police station has a library, and the library has a zombie. We're here circling the big table in the center of the library to tell you about the Resident Evil 2 remake Games Club. Every Friday, we drop a new episode covering another chunk of Leon and Claire's adventures through Raccoon City in the RE2 remake. Great question, Library Zombie. You can find the podcast by joining our Patreon. It's available at the $10 DJ Toad tier. <laughs> That's right. You should sign up today at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Say, Library Zombie, what are you doing here in the library? <laughs> You're looking for a specific book? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Why do you want to read that? <laughs> Oh, you're trying to get ahead in your career. See, I didn't know zombies had careers. Oh, your job is biting Leon and Claire. Zombies have jobs just like us. I bet that makes for a pretty cutthroat work environment, huh? Probably hard to make friends with your fellow zombies. Yeah, that does sound lonely. Check us out today. Patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful or memorable video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special, memorable, or even fun for our guests. Sure, fun can even be a part of it, as we will get into the time and the context of when this guest had this uh, meaningful experience with their video game a little bit of housekeeping up top uh is that anything that my guest or i plug today you can find uh links in the show notes of this podcast so if you want to follow somebody on social media or check out another podcast there's a link for you right there you don't even have to search for it uh speaking of which this podcast is all over social media so if you want to follow us and interact with us there which i highly recommend you can find us on instagram Twitter, and Blue Sky, where you can find uh, not only what episodes we have releasing weekly, you can learn about our guests, uh, what they're up to, and how to support them, and also see the gorgeous art that I make for every episode. Uh, you can also support the show a few different ways. You can do that um, by leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. But if you do that on Apple, that's the only place I can see it. So I'll shout you out on the show. Uh, and if you do a review for us or leave a review elsewhere feel free to dm me about it i'm also on social media my my handles are in the show notes as well on uh, feel free to message me on like twitter or instagram if you'd like um because we can't read the ones on other uh, platforms they don't show up publicly so if you leave a review on spotify or wherever you listen to the show uh let me know i love uh it's a couple things that are going on with that one i love to hear what people are enjoying about the show uh but two 
it really helps our visibility and more people like you to find us. So yeah, leaving a rating interview is super helpful. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that we've brought on for the main event today. You can also check out the show on YouTube where we now have video versions of this podcast uh, and a little bit more over there. So feel free to uh, click subscribe and follow us on YouTube as well. Uh, if you'd like to see my face, the stuff behind me, uh, all, maybe a filter on somebody's background, who knows, um, check us out on YouTube. And lastly, you should check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super radio, and that's where all of our bonus video game content lives. Of course, we have our free podcasts, uh, I think three of which that release weekly on this network, Call Me By Your Game, which you're listening to, uh, Reactivators, uh, and also Video Games, a comedy show. We have bonus stuff there as well. For example, we are we at, at all times of the year, uh, different quarters, we play through a game for our games club, which means we cover one game in a book club style format where we take a fine tooth comb and just enjoy, uh, enjoy every little aspect, wring every little bit of juicy goodness out of each game. Um, and we usually do those for about 10 to 12 weeks. If you would like to follow along with our current games club, which when this releases, there's already going to be episodes out, folks. We're covering Resident Evil 2 Remake, the game from 2019. Uh, and I got to say, I'm having an absolute blast. So if you'd like that, check us out on Patreon. Those episodes release every Friday and much, much more. But that'll do it for the housekeeping. And I can finally introduce my guest for today's episode. So please welcome artist and streamer roxy polk hi connor hi everybody hey good to have <laughs> you here i was i left a little space there because i was like i felt like that sentence was going to continue but it was deli- it was it was definitive it was hi connor hi everybody roxy. oh that's it's all good <laughs> <laughs> hey you and i you know at this point you know peek behind the curtain for the listener we're in the middle of doing a podcast three days in a row with each other. Yeah. Um, this Hang is, we, we did one yesterday. We've got one today and we've got two tomorrow. So we're just, you know, we're, we're at that point where we're, we're really a well-oiled machine. We're just, we're not making any mistakes. No one's talking over each other. We're crushing it. I think. Ooh, I was setting the bar pretty high, but yes, let's say yes, for sure. Nobody's yeah, talking if, over anybody. <laughs> as if we hadn't had a, a confusion already on the, on the episode. Um, <laughs> Uh, Roxy, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. This has been in the works for a long time. Getting Way too you long. For yeah, a solo on episode. my part. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what? Better late than never, you know? And it's a delayed gratification, I think, is the thing that people point to as well. So Yeah, um, there you go. We know each I mean, there's a lot we can talk about, uh, but you have been on this show a couple times before. You were originally on uh, three years ago, which is crazy. Oh gosh! You and Mikey both came on to talk about Resident Evil Three. I think yes, maybe, remake. The remake. remake. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we did a Shadow of the Colossus episode, which yes, that was same a year. Call me by your game or a different one? It was. It was a Call me by your game co-op episode. Mm, okay. uh, so you know, one of those Patreon exclusives. Um, that that episode, the audio version is actually on youtube in full so if someone's listening oh, to this geez. and they're already like oh my gosh these two are so cool i want to hear that <laughs> episode about that amazing game uh that's Such on youtube game. um and it'll be in the free feed uh in a, in a couple months as well but we so that's how that's how we met i mean this is sort of a long like winding road to be like we met through mutual friend and patreon 
uh, contributor, Mikey McCaller, yeah. um, because you two knew each other from art school, correct? Yes, we went to art school together. Um, I didn't like know Mikey freshman year, but I think like he was a friend of a friend as well. Yes. Is how we became friends. Ah. Um, and then, yeah, just kept hanging out after college. He moved to L.A. I did internships in L.A., so oh, we hung really? out a bit when I was in town uh, for like, God, I think about a year or so. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, during the pandemic, we were both doing a lot more streaming and like I had been doing it longer. So he would like, first of all, he was like, what, you're doing this? Okay, cool. <laughs> and so we'd like be trading some information and stuff. And then we gradually decided to make a podcast herself because I watch a ton of scary movies. We both play a lot of scary games. We both love Resident Evil in particular. Um. So it just made sense to do a podcast about horror movies. So we Dang. trade off, like, I'll pick one and he'll pick one kind of like each every other week and then we'll host it. Um, My goodness. Yeah. Uh, what an origin story for you two. And I mean, there's so much I want to touch on. First of which, the podcast you're referring to is Scary Basement. Uh, yeah. Would you give us a little pitch, uh, elevator pitch on what Scary Basement is? Because it's a podcast that people, I mean, it's a part of the network as well. So if you're a fan of the network or a patron, you get this in your feed. But uh, what is Scary Basement? Uh, so Scary Basement is basically me and Mikey are trapped in a scary basement where every scary <laughs> thing that has ever existed uh, ever exists. Um, and we're forced to review a movie by whatever monster seems to be in control at that point um for years it was the demon bot who would just like kind of come up with a movie and force us to watch but right now in season two it is the pig bot who uh he's a big scary monster but is too scared to watch horror movies so we watch horror movies and then tell him about it essentially oh, that's so <laughs> like un like not unintentionally but that's so wholesome maybe unexpectedly <laughs> that's so great um funny that you bring this up because i so i am one of those people that kind of like how I, uh, uh, in my heart of hearts, I love the idea of playing like RPGs, specifically like JRPGs all the time. I love the idea mm -hmm. that it's a, it's a style and genre of game that I do really enjoy, but only have the space for like one, maybe two in a year. Uh, Understandable. <laughs> Similar to that, so this is a long road to be like, I feel the same way about scary movies. I mm. love the idea of scary movies. When I watch one, I'm scared, I'm entertained, I, I soak it in, but I don't watch many. Like last year, Okay. of course, we're in, uh, well, when this podcast come out, it's going to be early November, but for the purposes for us, you know, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas can encroach on Halloween. I think Halloween can encroach on Thanksgiving. So yeah, I um, agree. Halloween all the time, please. Yeah, so we're not <laughs> tired for longer it. Halloween. Um, last year I watched one scary movie all season. I watched okay. uh by myself on a mm -hmm. uh, I think it was was that a Friday night Friday or Saturday night. I watched Barbarian. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, that movie is uh, a trip. I loved it. It was <laughs> one of my favorite movies of the entire year, like truly did my top three last year. And it scared the crap out of me, but I was like so locked in. That that was what I did last year. This year, uh, my girlfriend Amanda and I watched uh, the original Friday the 13th. Uh, like, oh. Yeah, like maybe a week and a half ago. Are you familiar with this one? Yeah, we did an episode about the original one. I think that's the only Friday the 13th. We've yes. Ever. Oh, no, we did the Jason Goes to Hell, which is technically one of those as well. Oh, nice. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the original one is weird because yeah like jason isn't even in it 
I had no idea. In fact, at the beginning of the movie, when we're starting it, because we were, we wanted to watch, I want to watch a scary movie. She was uh, being very kind and allowing that. She does not like that sort of thing. Oh, she doesn't. Okay. <laughs> we picked a safe one. It was like, let's pick a movie made in 1980. That... Yeah, and like Kevin Bacon is in that as like yes. a teenager, which is like a weird thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll say not a great movie, uh, but I did enjoy watching it. Uh, and there's some weird performances in that too. Very strange. And and at the beginning of it, because I I honestly this is how unfamiliar I am with uh like scary movie franchises. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the one with Michael Myers in it. And mm. that is not the case. As you know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, all that being said is I watched my second scary movie of the season last night by myself. Congratulations. Uh, I watched, thank you, for the first time, Cabin in the Woods, which Ooh. actually, having seen it now, is a bit, there's an aspect of it that's a bit reminiscent of the premise of Scary Basement. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's like a very meta horror movie. It has yes. like comedy layered into it. Um in a way that like it doesn't feel as scary kind of until like yes. it starts going off the rails because there is like a system set up where yes. like yeah they have to make like yearly sacrifices to like horror deities or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And there is a scary basement with a bunch of scary things that uh the kids can choose from and that kicks off whatever scare they got. Yes. Uh so I think I had just like forgotten that specific aspect about scary basement that you sort of have all of the scaries at your disposal are like in this basement. And I'm like, oh, that, I mean, I just saw, I saw this movie last night. It's, it's top yeah. of mind. Um, anyway, uh, sorry to, I, that was a lot of rambling. Oh um, no, it's okay. I could talk about horror movies forever. So <laughs> yes, uh, I hope to at least watch uh, one more this season. So three, I feel like it, if, if I get three and that is progress for me in watching scary movies. Heck um, yeah. Uh, so, but I want to get back to you a little bit. <laughs> we obviously know each other through Mikey. You're a Patreon contributor on this network. So people who are patrons, you know, they're, they've, they hear you on, of course, Scary Basement, the, uh, monthly, uh, scary video game podcast, uh, Press X to Scream as yeah. well. Um, which you just did an episode on the original Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I can't believe we hadn't done that before. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so that one was really fun. Uh, I'm so glad. Um, we're gonna be doing one uh on uh Alan Wake, which if you're watching the video version, you can see my Xbox 360 uh, uh disc case for pretty soon. Um, you're all over the network. Uh, but what what do you want to tell the listener about yourself? You're obviously a streamer and an artist. Um, feel free to tell us about Roxy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been an artist since like I was a kid drawing comics and stuff. That's originally why I went to uh, art school to oh, cool. make comics. And this was like, I, I went to MCAD, which is a Minneapolis College of Art and Design, which at the time was like one of two schools maybe that offered a degree in comic art. Wow. Um, which like there's a lot more now apparently. Um, and the other one was like in Savannah, Georgia, which I was coming from Alaska, so Minneapolis was a little closer than Savannah, Georgia was. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know that I was in Savannah earlier this year. Uh, and like I would, okay. Well, I mean, you can go to a city and not know they have a thing, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that. But yeah. you obviously were in Minneapolis. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, which uh very different weather, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny because I live in Portland now, uh, and I did an internship in an artist collective here who I'm friends with a bunch of them. And basically any of them that went to an art school who wasn't like self-taught, they went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm. Uh, which I was like, man, I would have run into some of these people that I know now, <laughs> probably if I had gone there. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, so went to art school, um, did a bunch of internships for a bunch of different companies, including the ones like in LA, which is how like me and Mikey reconnected a little bit. Yeah. Um, worked at Dark Horse Comics for a couple years as oh. a uh, editor, working on a lot of books, a lot of video game art books while I was there in particular, which was very fun. Very cool. Yeah. Um, joined a startup that lasted for about a year you know startups hey. are kind of a roll of the dice who knows how it's gonna go <laughs> yeah um lasted like about a year it's not too bad then uh after that i've been basically full-time freelance and uh started streaming um started like working conventions and doing more merch art and stuff that have been super fun uh and yeah, got got a webcomic too. I've got like two webcomics. I got a Patreon only like novel that I'm working on and uh, a million podcasts with you and other folks on the network. <laughs> yeah. Dang, you you really got I like have a lot that you, you have going on right now. Yeah. And in and, and multiple mediums and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I think I just like multitasking and there's so many things I want to do. Like there's just not enough time in the day. Um, so yes. sometimes I can overload it a little bit, but uh, I really enjoy being able to work on a bunch of different things. Totally. That's cool. I'm sure that uh, I, I'm assu- doing a little assuming, but I, 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 is the variety something that is uh, refreshing to have? I think so. Yeah, because like if I get sort of burnt out on one project, I can kind of shift to invest more time in another one for a bit uh, and kind of like bounce off of each other in that way. Okay. Especially because, like, one of them is basically mostly all writing. I'll do, like, uh, illustrations for different chapters, but otherwise it's mostly all writing. And then the other one is mostly all art because I've done all of the writing for the comic and planning beforehand. So then it's just sitting down and doing the dang thing, uh, which is fun and rewarding, but can, uh, you know, get to be a a little much if that's all you're doing. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. Um, Well, Roxy, thank you so much for sharing uh, about yourself. It's so funny. Like, a lot of that I like come to know from our like quick conversations, you know, like between podcasts and stuff over the last couple of years, but it's still always fun to like learn a little bit more about somebody. Um, So before we get in to your general history with video games, will you please introduce the game you've brought on today and call me by your game? Uh, So I have brought the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14 to you today, Connor. I cannot... Go it's ahead, been going sorry. on no sorry it's a game that's been going on for like more than 10 years it's a huge game um and uh yeah i i love it it's my favorite game i'm excited to talk to you about it i'm very excited too uh this is a game that i know you and many many other people have a lot of passion for so <laughs> this is a this is awesome that we're getting to discuss it on this podcast it's come up like a little bit in people's general sections but i'm so pumped to have you on specifically to talk about this one um hey. so so we'll get into that in the main event in the second half of the show. Uh but let's get into your general history with video games. Do you remember like the earlier or earliest interest that you took in video games? Um so me and my brother got a PlayStation 1 for Christmas. Uh I think my brother had been playing it at friends' houses or something so our parents got 
PS1 for us one year. It came with Crash Bandicoot and uh, Frogger. Like wow. PS1 Frogger. A couple of classic uh, pairs. Yeah. And like, so the Frogger game had co op stuff to it. So, like, that Frogger game was probably the first co op game I ever played. And then, yeah, Crash Bandicoot for the PS1 was like my introduction to platformers, I yes. guess. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we got like Tekken 3, which was my first fighting game. And then eventually another friend uh, had Final Fantasy 8. And like that triggered my knowledge and love affair with uh, JRPGs that has uh, continued to exist <laughs> into the rest of my life now as an Ooh. adult. I'd love um, to ask you about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you said a friend had a copy. Where did it go from there? Was it something that you would play at their house? Did you get your own at some point? Yeah, I so I had to save up my allowance to get a copy. So I think I played at her house a little bit. And then, God, I remember it was early days of the internet. I thought I could download a PC copy of it. Oh, yeah. And like on our crappy, like horrible dial-up <laughs> internet, I like had the computer running like in secret for like days for it to download. Um, And then when it finally did, like it didn't work or I didn't know how to make it work. So I was like, oh, man. Guess I just gotta keep saving up my pocket money. No. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I did and eventually bought it for myself. And uh yeah, I think that was the first video game I ever bought, actually, wow. was Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and I think by that point we had gotten the Nintendo 64, and my brother was kind of like he was on that system, so okay. I got to like kind of co-op the PlayStation One for myself, which became like my RPG machine. Uh, that's amazing every day um, after school <laughs> until i beat it yes hundreds of hours man goodness for like for eight specifically or just like all sorts particularly eight but that yeah. like dominoed me into like chrono cross legend of dragoon final fantasy 7 was already out by that point mm -hmm. um and uh god a bunch of other games i guess grandia no grandia i played grandia 2 first that was playstation 2 um but yeah i think persona yeah, wow. the first per I played Persona 2 on that as well, which uh, I Gosh. still have that copy too. No way. <laughs> and then, yeah, like Final Fantasy IX came out and everything. Um, Parasite Eve. God, I love Parasite Eve. I could have picked that for oh, today's episode. Oh, that's got to be like right up your alley too. It's like, yeah. it's like a horror RP like JRPG. Yeah, sort of. it is. There's so few of them, but like the few that exist are some of my favorite games. Uh, and uh, it's also a sports off title. Have you done that for Press X to Scream? No, we should, though. And, like, uh, whoever's listening to this, we we don't have to do this. But since it takes place on, like, Christmas and Christmas Eve, I was suggesting we could do that for December. But I know it is, like, a longer game um, to I mean, ask you guys to play. We but... could at least – I bet Jeremy would be down for this. Um, okay. Uh, we could at least like play what we can and give like our impressions of what we did for that if you were interested. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like that's probably a discussion for a different time. But yeah, um, totally. Yeah, it's it's just weird how that one does take place on Christmas. Um, yeah. Very strangely, but uh, yeah, PlayStation One was my my RPG machine and what like introduced me to it. And the friend who introduced me to it is actually my childhood best friend who is still my friend to this day. Oh, um, she doesn't really play video games anymore. Sometimes we do on like every other Saturday. Um, but uh, which is actually kind of leading into how I got into Final Fantasy 14 to begin with. Oh, really? Uh, which I don't know if that's the time I could go into let's, it here. Let's thank you for asking. Let's save it for the main event later. Okay. Um, gotcha. but um, a little I, bit of a preamble is, then <laughs> exactly a little tease. Uh, 
I am so happy to hear that, like, not only was the PlayStation 1 your first console, but, like, it immediately kicked off that, like, love for you. Uh, yeah. For, like, games and RPGs in general. Um, Where did you go after the PS1? Did you get a PS2? Like, what was your journey yes. like? So the PS2 was, like, the first one that was all my system. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that the library that the PlayStation 2 has is even like bigger. And of course, like graphics were better. And then you can play your PlayStation 1 games on it. So like I could still go back and play all those. Um, and like it. Final Fantasy X, I think, was the first RPG I ever played that had voice acting. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Legend of Dragoon had it here and there, but it was uh, not not the same. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I uh, love FF10. Like that's the only like proper final fantasy i've ever finished okay uh, i love like i mean i'm talking about myself here but i love final fantasy four uh or two here six or three here uh <laughs> seven i've played to like the big twist in the game Ooh, uh, okay six like i think i've maybe mentioned to you before i've played into the world of ruin f- at least three times and then i've stopped <laughs> uh I uh, it's seven remake though I did finish remake um and I'm really excited for rebirth uh okay yeah you're ahead of me and that's a big gaming sin that I haven't played Resident uh, Resident Evil Final Fantasy <laughs> seven remake uh <laughs> hey, there's too many games out there um but dang so the PS2 like really uh continued like continued that love affair for you what are are there any other titles on like that system that were meaningful that you'd like to shout out oh god um shadow hearts one and two those are horror jrpgs as well wow. they are some of my favorite games of all time they're so cool the first game actually like shadow hearts one came out i think in the same month as final fantasy 10 mm-hmm. so it got like completely buried like oh i think goodness. it would have been much less of a cult hit and more of like an overt hit if it hadn't come out when it did yeah um and then uh the xeno saga series is just crazy like crazy sci-fi uh saga i don't even know how to describe it it is called xeno saga for a reason i guess <laughs> yeah um that had like three games that i remember playing the first one like in high school and then the final one came out when i was like in college so i remember being in my college dorm like it's <laughs> trying to beat it oh my gosh amazing um uh- and yeah, like Grandia 2 that I mentioned before earlier yeah. too that was a game that like i rented from blockbuster until i basically beat it super close to it and then by that time when i was towards the end i had enough money to buy it with my allowance so then i finally owned a copy but oh uh, that's so great oh wow (laughs) i love that um i got some more questions i want to ask you uh the first of which is a a question i like to ask people who have been gaming as long as we have um Mm -hmm. what is the time in your life where gaming has taken the most backseat or like i like to refer to this as like a dark period where you're playing mm. the least games you've ever played or taking a break <laughs> entirely yeah i guess it was probably when i was interning and specifically when i was in la because i mm. you know was just crashing at a family friend's place they were kind enough to let me borrow their car because like if i hadn't Huge. had a car to borrow in la i don't even know how i would have done anything yeah. it's impossible especially because like they lived in glendale oh, so really? i was having to commute to hollywood for where my internship spot was at uh archaea which is a company that eventually moved merged with boom who was a different comics company literally while i was there while i was interning there it was really weird like we came in one day and they were like all crowded around uh like the president of the company who i'd never seen before like he (laughs) he finally showed up once um 
And they were like, so we're moving. (laughs) What? Okay. Um, But yeah, since I didn't have like a system or anything, um, I didn't game for like months and months while I was there uh, until I eventually bought the Nintendo 3DS for Mm. Fire Emblem Awakening, which is another RPG. (laughs) um and so like i basically just had that game and then i think mikey let me borrow his playstation 3 for like a week with the intention to play last of us and i didn't have the time to play it and just gave it back (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah very very busy time in my life during that uh What, what year would this have been that you would have been out here oh man i should know i am so bad with like keeping track of time um well, it was start looking for Dark Horse right after that. So, like, yeah, it was PS3 era. And if it if it was The Last of Us, we're at least talking like it's back half of 2013, if not maybe the next year. Yeah, 2014. Uh, yeah, so probably around there. Interesting. That's like the year that I moved here was like uh, 2013 June. Oh um, wow! When did yeah. you and Mikey meet? Did you know we, him back then? I didn't. I met Mikey through Jeremy, and okay, I re- I actually like remember. The I don't I wonder if I talk about this on Mikey's episode because I remember the moment I met Mikey I was mm-hmm. like I already knew Jeremy because we were like doing sketch comedy together a, a okay. friend an old friend of ours had like uh got this little sketch comedy group together that I knew him th- this other person through improv um and long story short is that I knew Jeremy already this is before all the video game stuff but I remember crossing the street to the improv theater that we studied at mm-hmm. and with Jeremy and he introduced me to Mikey who like is exactly how I, he, he today appears to me exactly how he was in that moment. He's like <laughs> wearing a hat, had a t-shirt, uh, I mean, which is not unusual, had his backpack on. It was like exactly the same person. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, I didn't meet. So I think that's like 2016, 2017 or so. Um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I want to say 17, but uh I, I want to know if like sliding doors like could we have met maybe back when I was gosh. there. <laughs> I I think it's unlikely but like I yeah. was here so like there's a chance that we crossed paths or like went yeah. to the same restaurant. Uh <laughs> I am always far too interested in that stuff, in that stuff. Um so that that's awesome. I like that that gives me a little um even more of like a window into like that time in your life. Mm. Um so uh, one other question I want to ask you, and no worries if there's not a good answer. Is there a game that you think of that you wouldn't have expected to connect with or really enjoy that ended up surprising you? Hmm. Uh, Fallout 4, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a game that like other people who have played other Fallouts, like when I, whenever I say that I like Fallout 4, they're like, Ooh, that one yeah i've heard that too i like it shut up um so i think like because i was able to play it without any preconceived notions going into it i really enjoyed it but like i had never played a single fallout game before that and i think it was like after i had played bioware rpgs i was just like starving for something similar yes and like fallout 4 kind of is like there's companions that you can talk to or befriend or kill or romance there's like an overarching story that you can like impact in different ways. So I was mm. like, okay, this is kind of like that. Sure, I'll try it. Um, but then I was surprised at how much I got into just like exploring the open world, finding every note, which like it's a huge ass game. Yeah. Uh, 
the building aspect, I was like, I hate crafting and building things. I'll never do this. And then like cut to a year later, I'm like listening to hours of podcasts while I'm building like a crazy sky tree thing. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, that game like absorbed my life in a way I never would have expected. And I I kind of assumed I was like, I'll probably just bounce off of this. Yeah. Uh, Right. Because like I kind of bounced off of Skyrim. I know that probably seems like a sin for everybody out there who's ever played Skyrim. I liked it enough, but it didn't like really connect with me. Sure. Um, so I don't know what it was about post-apocalyptic uh, Boston yeah. that just got me, but it did. Interesting. Yeah, I like, so my first Bethesda RPG was Skyrim, which I do like love and love my memories of that game. And uh, I will be reporting you to the uh, Office of Sin for what you've said. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I literally couldn't care less people can <laughs> connect with what they connect with. Uh, but I um, also didn't expect to like love Fallout 3 so much. Mm. Uh, I gave that a shot around this time last year. I played maybe 20, 25 hours. And, oh, recently. Okay. Yeah. And because it's on Game Pass. So I was like, I'm it's in the mood for, free, for something then. like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I gave it a shot. And kind of like you, I was like, I didn't realized that i would think the post-apocalypse would be like something that's interesting to me yeah, yeah like, this it was... is fun escapism this is a fun game yeah and that one's in like the like the washington dc area but um, yeah uh i was like wow i li- i still prefer skyrim but i like the setting of that one i thought it was way more interesting to me um mm-hmm. uh I feel okay. like if you have knowledge of those places too, like I have no knowledge of Boston or yes. DC or like Las Vegas, but it's got to be like so much cooler if you do. <laughs> I think, you know, I think there's definitely something to that. I went to that area when I was 18 years old. So, I mean, as of when this episode comes out nearly, f- well, I guess 14 years ago or so. Okay. Was there for a week. Don't remember it that well, but like <laughs> there's still enough like monuments that are like notable that you have familiarity with that I think are mm-hmm. interesting. So I think there's something to what you were saying. Uh, um, okay. So I, I would love to know, uh, I got just a few more questions I want to ask you yeah, about sure. your general history with gaming. Um, really just to, uh, and first of which is uh, there a game that's coming out or that's on the horizon, whether it's a new release or something you have been uh, holding in your back catalog that you're excited to play like one that i own or one that i'm like coveting that i don't have yet either way it could be one that like is sitting on your shelf or one that's coming out next year whatever you'd like um like it's i don't have a playstation 5 right now and my computer is not super powerful i've for years i've been like laptop focused because i've needed to be able to take my work with me Mm -hmm. since i'm a digital artist um so i never really had like a super powerful uh like gaming pc or anything so i can't play final fantasy 16 right now and i can't play Baldur's gate 3 right now which feel like they were specifically designed just for me um (laughs) so i'm looking at those from a distance i'm planning to get like a desktop pc that can actually run stuff at some point Mm. and uh they just announced like the new ps5 but i was hoping for like a ps5 pro like something with better tech but instead it's just like exact same tech package a little bit smaller it's like a PS5 Slim. Yeah. So I was like, I guess I might as well just get one of those. I was holding out to hope there'd be like a new, more powerful version, but I don't know if we're going to be getting that for who knows yeah, how long. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't need to go on about that, but the whole situation <laughs> is perplexing to me. Uh, I don't know why you would do a console, like a mid 
generation sort of if this if they're considering this mid-generation i mean it's i guess the ps5 is gonna be three years old yeah which is crazy i feel like the pandemic and i'm just bad at keeping track of time in general but the pandemic has messed with it even more where it's like oh yeah that was three years ago wasn't it yeah it all like it just came out yesterday like don't get me wrong before like when years would pass i like i i find it easy to like think of years of like it's easy for me to sort of uh, uh what am i trying to say, even say here <laughs> to distinguish like oh this was this year when this was going on for me this was this one and even though my life has changed in the last three years and i'm doing stuff that i wasn't doing before it it totally runs together the last three mm-hmm. um so uh yeah it's just the console refresh for them is so confusing the yeah, digital version why. is now fifty dollars more expensive than it used to be. Um, yeah, and like you have to buy an additional add-on for it to now run discs, and it's like, why yeah. would you even? I don't even understand why anybody wants that digital version. I'm a physical media forever type of person. Oh, we're um, in the same boat then. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> yeah, but I like. I know. I mean, so many people who are like, yeah, I don't buy like physical games. I'm like, well, we're different, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just very afraid. I'm a. Af- I'm deathly afraid deathly afraid i'm constantly fearful of when every one of these storefronts is like actually um uh we're going away and you can't re-download your game and it's bye-bye exactly that is that is my fear like yeah yeah, the things you bought you can't play anymore you don't own them we don't care about preserving the games (laughs) yeah it's it's too much um the last question that i have for you in this segment uh is is there another game or, or could be two, even if you'd like, from your history of of games that you uh, haven't gotten to mention yet, that you're like, oh, this was another meaningful one for me, whether it be like from the moment or just like the game itself. Hmm. Man. Uh, I feel like I should have a better answer for this. I feel like my brain is so jammed thinking of like every game I own now. It's, a, um, it's tough. And <laughs> I am putting you yeah. on the spot. I mean, I guess kind of resident evil 2 remake maybe uh because like resident evil 6 had kind of disillusioned me like i used to really love resident evil as a kid growing up especially like resident evil 4 was my jam Mm. um but like they kept going progressively more towards like action um like resident evil 5 was kind of more if you can even call it like scary it was more like things running at you fast kind of scary instead of like any sort of mood setting and like the big draw of that was just being able to play with your friend with co-op but like Resident Evil 6 was so buggy and felt like they didn't know what they were doing none of the characters feel like themselves anymore it was just like I was like okay I guess I don't really care about this anymore yeah can I Um, ask you about six because because uh-huh. five i'm familiar with five is the is the one that's like set in africa right yeah what is the... Shevin, chris yeah what's the setting for six i actually like i this is something i could just look up but since you're here i mean it's so hard to kind of describe it because they're sort <laughs> of trying to make it like a globe trotting adventure oh. to an extent and then you've got three sets of two characters in completely different places so like leon and helena who is his nothing partner who was introduced in that game. They're like in Washington, DC. It starts with like the president being infected as a zombie and Leon has to shoot him. And he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. President. Oh my God. Him. That's hilarious. <laughs> Which is very funny, even though I think they want us to take it seriously. Um, yeah. And then you've got like Wesker's son and Sherry Birkin, who were like, I think somewhere in like Middle Eastern Europe or uh-huh. something. 
And then you've got Chris and Piers, who is like his uh, subordinate kid. And I don't, I don't know where they are. Maybe they're somewhere in China or something. But like the game takes you all over and kind of doesn't know what it wants to be. Ada's running around doing who knows what. Uh, She's like a chrysalis creature. I don't know. There's a clone something weird <laughs> it like went completely off the rails um yeah. me and mikey did a stream for it um just because the only way to play that game is co-op so you're playing it with a friend so you're not suffering alone and then two okay. just like uneasy because the game is so buggy and just like bad it's not worth your time to have bullet sponges which aren't actually challenges sure. or anything so like you can get through it demolish it that way um it can be you can make your own fun out of it and like sherry and um Wesker, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Whatever, Wesker Jr. Um, their their <laughs> story is actually sort of interesting. They actually have like some degree of like chemistry or something, and it's like seeing Sherry grown up was kind of neat. Um, and then this new character who is related to Wesker somehow was like a weird choice, but he can punch things and kick things, which huh. is kind of fun because you couldn't really do that before, hmm. aside from like a like quick time events or something with Chris. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, anyway, that, that game is all over the world on purpose, yeah. and it's very it, chaotic. It's like, I'm so sorry to get you so off track of RE2 Remake, but even someone like me who, before playing RE2 Remake, I had only ever played maybe like two or three hours of 7, which I liked. I just kind of fell off. Um, uh-huh. Seven's I, very I can, different. It, say it again, sorry. Uh, 7 is just like very different, because it's like a return to actually horror, and it's first person, which I don't like, but like yeah. I get why they did it. Yeah, totally. Um, I all that to say is that the Resident Evils are pretty distinct to me of like what's going on and where like who even like vaguely who the main characters are. So mm-hmm. you but you were saying all that to talk about RE2. And I think because like it had the franchise had gone astray, but where were you headed with that? Yeah, sorry. What was like the original question for why you oh, said that? It was just like I was asking what's another meaningful game from your history that you like have to mention on this episode? Oh, okay. Yeah. So like I went into that game being like, you know, I I'll give it a shot. Like Resident Evil kind of broke my heart a while ago, but this looks cool. And even though I didn't really like the gameplay of seven, um, you know, I appreciate them doing something different. It seems like they're trying different things. Yeah. Uh, so I tried it and now it's it's like one of my favorite games of all time. It's so good. So well done. Uh, they really nailed like how to remake that game with a modern perspective, but also like, you know, they didn't make it first person. So it's third person, um, which like the original game was, you know, kind of top down mm-hmm. uh, tank controls. So it's a little bit different in that respect. Um but it was like scary when it needed to be. You have like a good sense of progression. And like we're doing an entire podcast series yeah. about it pretty soon. So I'll be able to like yak your ear off about it even more. But like uh that game reignited my love of the franchise. I went back and like played all of the old ones again um on wow. stream. I started making like a bunch of fan merch art yeah. and stuff. And some of some of my favorite stuff I've ever made, oh, like that's pin when series. That stuff. kicked off you doing that. Yeah, like Resident oh. Evil 2 Remake was the one that kicked off my love for the series again. Um, and then it made me like dig into all all the other like Resident Evil-like games I could find and stuff. So I played like a bunch of those on stream. Uh, some were hit and miss. Uh, <laughs> some were really cool. Um, so it just kind of like gave me a new deep dive into horror games in that franchise in particular that, uh, yeah, like it. I'm so glad it exists. I'm so glad it set me on that path like i don't think me and mikey would have made a podcast together if i hadn't gotten back into that (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's so cool. Uh, and that makes me like you were kind of getting to even more excited to hear you talk about on this series. Like, I can't express enough how hooked I was Sunday and Monday playing <laughs> through it and just like blew through the homework. Thankfully, it really wasn't that much for our first two episodes. But, yeah, um, it has a good sense of progression, feeling like you are oh, mastering man. the area and like clearing it. Yes. Um, Which oh. I it's so satisfying <laughs> i just wanted to keep playing it uh and i'm i had to put it down because i like we were saying yesterday i don't want to forget uh -huh. what comes next um anyway uh roxy thank you so much for sharing about you know like a brief synopsis of your history with video games in general mm -hmm. um yeah that was a blast hearing from you thanks so much yay um we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we'll uh get into the main event and hear about you from all things final fantasy 14. uh so i'll see you on the other side all right Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. This is your host, Connor McCabe, here with the great Roxy Polk. Roxy, welcome back. Thank you for welcoming me back. I'm glad to be here still. <laughs> hey, here we are. I'm so excited. Uh, here we are at the main event. Uh, we are, of course, going to be discussing Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and by discussing, uh, I mean more uh, me hearing from you about the game. <laughs> um, but that's why I have people on. So like I told you before the show, I'm going to go through some brief history and context about the game. And if there's anything that you feel like would be important or helpful to add on for the listener context-wise, context green light. Cool. Awesome. Um, otherwise, uh, here I go. Final Fantasy XIV is an MMORPG developed and published by Square Enix. Uh, it was directed and produced by, uh, we, they call him Yoshi P, but his name mm -hmm. is Naoki Yoshida. Where does the P, I'm already going to deviate. Do you know where the P comes from in Yoshi P? Um. Is it like Yoshi Prime or something like that? I actually don't. I think because he's the producer, so it might be okay. Yoshi P in terms of that. That you know what? Hey, I'm gonna go ahead that's and say that's guess. what it is. Yeah, yeah, I should know that. Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> hey, hey, no one's grading you, so we're all good. Um, <laughs> this game was released worldwide for the PS3 and Windows in August 2013, uh, and it replaced the failed 2010 version um, with subsequent support for uh, PlayStation 4, uh, OS X, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S that came in the future. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV is set in the fantasy region of... Would you pronounce this region's name for me? Eorzea. Eorzea. That actually wasn't too hard. I could have done that. Um, but thank <laughs> you. Uh, this takes place five years after the devastating seventh Umbral Calamity, which ended the original version of the game. Uh, in the Calamity, the Elder Primal Bahamut uh, escaped from his prison, an ancient space station called the Dalamud, uh, unleashing an apocalypse across Eorzea. Uh, through temporal magic, the player character of the original version escaped, reappearing at the start of A Realm Reborn. As Eorzea cements its recovery, the player must fend off a reignited uh, invasion from the Garlean Empire. Uh all this, all that being said, is that the original release of this game was a massive failure, and this was them basically 
pressing the reset button. Was it yeah. correct? Yes, correct. Uh, it was such a disaster. Um, and this is something I should have sent to you beforehand. And anybody listening, I highly recommend you go uh, watch the three-part no-clip documentary because yeah. they go into like, why that game failed and why it like just didn't work on like a fundamental level of just like coding and shit like it wouldn't yeah. run um among other things and how like yeah yoshi p came in and saved it essentially yeah <laughs> um and they made a way to like rework it in narratively to destroy like the first version of the game without like you know discounting that it existed so yes. like folks who have been playing the first part of the game and stuff it's like yeah your play experience was still valid still valid we we care about you please join us for the next part and uh we're just gonna kind of start over and most characters just like forgot or something so don't worry about it yeah i would i bet the documentary gets into it but i would be curious to hear from the team what prompted them to give it another shot as opposed to being like hey uh, we're going to cut our losses here and this game is we're going to ride it out and that's it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I've watched a documentary twice, but it's been a bit. I think they were literally at a crossroads where they were like, this game is so bad and it's like a mainline game in the franchise. It's damaging the franchise name. If we don't like course correct this, then just like Final Fantasy as a brand is kind of mm -hmm. screwed. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a Hail Mary that luckily turned out. <laughs> but uh yes. I wonder if in an alternate world, if it hadn't, if we'd still get Final Fantasy 14 and 16 and stuff at this point. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, anyway, uh, getting into like just a few more uh, uh, details. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the relaunched version of the game uh, released to largely positive reception. Critics praised its solid mechanics and progression and commented uh, and commended, excuse me, Yoshida for an unexpected recovery truly like an amazing feat of not just yeah. making it work but bringing the game back and it being like the most pop one of the most popular and successful mmorpgs ever made at this point yeah i think a big part of why it works too is that yoshi p is like an actual player like he plays the game and cares about playing the game so he notices things that like someone who you know, is in a boardroom or something who isn't playing the game, just looking at numbers for sales or something like <laughs> wouldn't understand. Uh, and he like listens to his team in a way that like, at least the documentary led me to believe um, just like in a very kind way, but also like, you know, making decisions where he needed to um, yeah, and making sure people were heard. And like, he, he listens to like, if someone's telling him, oh, this doesn't work, he's like, oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Yes. Let's do this to fix it. So like, he's, actually thinking of ways to fix it and because it's been going on for like 10 years that has like continued to this day where like they're listening to feedback and improving things and they've even gone back to older expansions at this point and like added extra stuff so oh, like really? new players who are being onboarded are getting like a much more improved experience like they care about onboarding new folks as much as they do um people who have been playing the game forever and are like you know super hardcore raiders or something yeah <laughs> That's cool uh, and like absolutely amazing. You had touched on um, the like expansions and uh, I'll go ahead and just go through the different ones. Just like honestly bullet points of like what they've done. Um, mm -hmm. They've had uh, five of these, uh, five major expansions at, at least. Um, in 2015, there was uh, Heavensward. Uh, 2017 was Stormblood. 2019, uh, Shadowbringers. 2021, there was Endwalker. And... Uh, uh, to come in 2024, Dawn Trail. 
Yeah, they uh, released the trailer for that a couple months ago at a fan fest in Las Vegas. Ooh. Um, and it's like you've been going through this long journey up to Endwalker. You can yeah. kind of assume end, huh? That sounds pretty final. So it does kind of like wrap up the saga that it had been building towards yes. for like years and years. So uh, this new expansion is like, hey, it's summer vacation time. Let's go have fun in a tropical uh, adventure that you've never been to this part of the world before and there's going to be like some sort of fighting tournament or something um and they oh. literally have been like marketing it or calling it like yeah it's your summer vacation that's so <laughs> cool after like all of the hardship and work and effort and everything that you did leading up to it yeah um, that's that's fun even like the name like the name's interesting dawn trail like you were talking about end walker i want mm-hmm. it's like Maybe they're setting up, you know, further expansion, like a series of expansions with the word, you know, dawn as in like the beginning. But like it also could just be like it could just be like, oh, the dawn of like your rest or whatever. Um, Yeah, they're kind of going to be doing something different with the story pacing going forward. Like hmm. I didn't know this until like folks told me and I noticed the pattern myself. But basically they have the big expansion and then there's like five and a half smaller story installments leading up to the next big expansion Mm, and how it went was that the uh third little update uh after the big expansion wrapped up the entire update or the the entire expansion it was kind of like the true ending to it Mm. and then the next two after that set up the next expansion okay um so it was this thing where you could kind of like you get the sense of pacing and everything in a very specific way every time they did it it was very different um so it's not like it was boring or something, even though, you know, that's kind of like the setup they have. OK. Um, But after Endwalker, they're like, we're not doing it that way now. We're going to kind of experiment with our pacing and how we're doing things. Oh, cool. Um, so like the current um updates they have right now are based on like Final Fantasy 4. Yes. So like awesome. you're I, you're fighting Golbez on the moon and stuff. <laughs> um, well, more and could actually, you want. Yeah, right. Uh, and the newest one just came out a couple weeks ago. I haven't played it yet because basically when it comes out, I wait a couple weeks for other folks to play it and then I play it on stream. Um, so it's not like spoilers for people sure. who haven't played yet. Um, but uh, they're they're gearing up for the next expansion. And I have no idea how they're going to be setting it up at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> it seems like a lot of crazy shit's going down. Totally. Um, um, interesting. So one thing that I've noticed in like this table setting that we've been doing is that there aren't a ton of details about like the actual game and what you're doing. I know there's like you can choose from all sorts of classes in this game. Is there like a brief um like can you give us like a brief summary of like what it's like to um start the game, uh choose a class and just like where you set out for like how you set out to play the game? Yeah, sure. Um, So there's like three main cities that you have the possibility of starting in. And depending on whatever class you pick, that will choose your starting city. So you've got like a desert city, you've got a forest city, and then you've got one that's like on the coast, uh, like with pirates and stuff. Hmm. Um, And that kind of like determines which of your like main crew of adventures you kind of run into. So eventually you get like recruited by... um, these folks called the Scions of the Seventh Dawn who are like, oh yeah, this good guy hero group uh, that like huh. you're used to seeing from other Final Fantasies and stuff. Yeah. Like each character is very distinct. Um, but you'll be like spending more time with one of those characters leading into that, depending on where your starting city is. Mm. And you have a different like 
starter mission too. So like if you choose three different characters who start in three different cities, you're going to get like a different intro to the game, which is neat. So it, it cool. like keeps it fresh. Um, but then like whatever uh, race you pick doesn't really impact um, much aside from like, if you choose to go into first person view and you're playing like one of the little short guys, then you're very short to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes characters will comment on them, like in in story situations, but not not really often. Mm. Um, uh, and yeah, you you get to kind of like just p- pick whatever you want. There's like flavor text to be like, oh, what's your patron deity? When I started playing, I was like, I have no idea who any of these people are. Yeah, sure. One of them is called like the Wanderer. I'm an adventurer. I guess that's what I'm doing. I'll pick that one. Um, so it's just kind of like a flavor text thing that doesn't really impact. It's just like for you. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so there's like some choices that like, yeah, picking your class determines your city and that will determine actual gameplay difference. But then other things like your race or uh, your patron deity that are just for fun for you, whatever you okay. like, whatever your preference is. Cool. Um, I also know that this game has like, of course, a lot in common with, uh, you know, as far as the gameplay and setup or sorry, like systems as many MMORPGs like there, it's going to differ like as if you like it's different than playing World of Warcraft, but there yes. are things in common being of a similar genre. And then as we one could guess, many, many, many tie ins to the Final Fantasy franchise, which of this is a part of as well. Yeah. So that's like the, so, fl- like the flavor of the game. Yeah. So if you played any of the other Final Fantasies, there will be many nods that are like fun little things that if you haven't played any of them, it's fine. It doesn't like detract from your experience. It's not a thing where they're like pointing and yelling and being like, oh yeah, remember that thing? Yeah. You sure should remember <laughs> that thing, right? No, it's just they work it in, in an organic way. That's pretty neat. Um, But like, hmm. I have never really gotten into MMOs. I tried World of Warcraft a little bit, bounced off it really hard. Like, mm-hmm. MMOs have never really been a thing that interested me. So like when I started this, I was not expecting to become as obsessed and engrossed with it as I am. Um, It's very different from any other like MMO. And I've heard from longtime players, they say the exact same thing. It is very much like a single player Final Fantasy game in the story content. Like you could play the entire thing by yourself. And with a couple of instances of like having to pair up with people randomly like through roulette um you could just play the entire thing by yourself like as a single player Mm. final fantasy game so it does not exclude people who just want to get through the story cool um but it also then very much engages with people who want to be in in the mmo aspect to be able to chat with other players or be able to do the super hard uh battles later like the raider content which i have not even dipped my toe into even after playing this for like more than two years um because I was much more focused on the story. Uh, and so many of like the little side quests and stuff, like the writing in this game is so impressive and just keeps getting better and better the longer you get into it. Mm. And specifically the um, expansion Shadowbringers, like I, I was loving the game, digging it up until that point. But then when I got to that expansion, I was like, oh, this is my favorite game ever now. Wow, what? huge. <laughs> um. And, like, I've played so many games, uh, so it kind of seems crazy. Like, whenever I tell people that, they're like, what? Okay. Especially because when it starts out, like, in A Realm Reborn, it can be a little bit dry. It's not mm-hmm. bad, but it feels a little bit more, like, maybe standard, where you're like, why 
why are every why are so many people being like crazy about this game like i don't understand yeah um and it sucks to kind of be able to tell people because like this is something that i was told too because i really like near automata and they did a crossover raid series oh. and so i had a friend that was like hey play final fantasy 14 we got near automata in this game <laughs> like that right and i was like okay how long does it take me to get there and they were like uh, well <laughs> yeah that's like in the third expand or fourth expansion um yeah so I was like okay yeah so you mean I have like a big mountain to climb I I can't do that now yes um but not uh, just turning on the game and getting the near content or whatever <laughs> yeah you have to get so far into it to do that then it's like I wouldn't be doing it only for that at that point totally. you like your journey there otherwise you're you're kind of screwed yeah um but like I could get into is now the time to like get into like how I even started playing this in the first place. Pretty much, and all all I wanted to say as well is that I was gonna ask if you had played any other MMOs in oh. general, and like you were saying, it sounds like no, you just bounced off them for the most part. Yeah, like I played Ragnarok online on like PC yeah. maybe in high school or something. I don't know if guy online counts, not really. Um, and then like World of Warcraft very briefly. Yeah. Um, it's if you it's can another... even count it. <laughs> It's like kind of like how I love the idea of like of being a big JRPG head. I also love the idea of like having an MMO that I adore. So many of them have been like, ooh, appealing for different reasons. I just like haven't uh without spoiling anything, haven't gotten into them too much. But um I would love to hear how the heck you got into this game in the first place. <laughs> Was it a recommendation? Was it your Final Fantasy love that led you here? How did it happen? Uh, so I've been like a fan of Final Fantasy forever. Like I was saying earlier, Final Fantasy VIII was my first, uh, Final Fantasy and JRPG when I was a kid, uh, like in middle school. Um, but the reason why I started playing this was because I had a group of friends from my hometown who we had been trying to find different games to play together. And like, I had recommended Dead by Daylight, which yeah. is a horror game, an asymmetrical horror game. And all of them are kind of, like, scared of horror stuff, except for me. Um, so I was like, I know this is a hard ask, but I've been playing this, and maybe you'll find it fun. Yeah. Uh, so it actually clicked with them, and they actually had fun playing it. I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, and one of them is my my friend who uh, introduced me to Final Fantasy VIII to begin oh. with. Um, my childhood friend. Uh, but, like, that game, the more I played it, the more I got, like, road rage. Like, <laughs> I've never played a game that has made me so angry before and like cursing out loud where I was just like, I don't like me when I play this game. I'm actually yeah. not having fun and I got them all into this. So let me try and find a game to replace this that we can all play. And Final Fantasy 14 is free. The, there's like a meme about, have you heard of the critically acclaimed Final Fantasy 14 yes. MMORPG? Uh, which they actually, as of this new update, added another free expansion to that so you can play heaven's word and Stormblood for free amazing uh, so it's even easier to like advertise for the cult of this game to have people <laughs> play it um but uh so i was like okay that's free so they could just download it i don't have to like tell them hey let's try a game that you have to like pay 50 bucks mm -hmm. for or something um and since it's online and stuff, yeah, it would be very easy to, like, connect with one another. Um, I didn't realize what I was getting into. And I also chose a healer class because I was like, well, if I keep them alive and they only have to worry about hitting things, it'll be much easier for them when they start the game. Mm -hmm. um, and since uh, people in my Twitch community had mentioned the game before, I was like, okay, why don't I try streaming it? Because I've never played this before. It might be kind of, like, fun to get people's takes on it and stuff. Um and when I started it, like, 
I was not prepared for the amount of menus that like MMOs have in general and that this game has. And compared to other ones, this might even be less than like, I don't know, World of Warcraft. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but so I'm glad I did because they got to like tell me just how to navigate things. I was like, how do I get to my map? I don't understand. There's too many menus. Um, so I had like veteran folks helping me out to just get kind of like uh a sense of how it worked in general, yeah, which was good. And then yeah, I picked a healer class, which is one of the more complicated classes in the game once you get in further. When you're kind of starting out, it's not so bad, but like you don't deal as much damage, so it does make like fighting harder when you're on your own. Yeah. Um, and then later it's like, you know, the whole party depends on you. If you fuck up, everybody dies, which is a uh, something I still haven't gotten quite used to yet. <laughs> oh, the pressure. Um, I'm much more of a just hit things kind of person. So like I I'm much more of like a DPS type of person. Uh, but I was like, okay, I'll try healer for them. Um got them to download it they played it for maybe a total of three times each before they just bounced off or were like <laughs> i don't like this yeah um i was like oh fuck okay well and were you uh, were you already like oh i kind of like this or getting into it or were you still just on the fence at this point um i was kind of on the fence because like the way they delivered the dialogue and the lore like they're very much trying to be like hey we appreciate the game that came before we appreciate 1.0 here's some things about it just to let you know we didn't like completely sweep it under the rug but we're kind of sweeping it under the rug <laughs> um Gosh. and like just a lot of like complicated noun or name dropping that i was like i don't know who these people are or what this thing is like it, it feels like i'm too deep in the weeds already i it was like sort of hard to connect um at the beginning yes uh so it was a lot more of just like hey it's just sort of fun wandering around and seeing what the world is like and oh there's a moogle i know what that is that's cute um yep and oh these outfits are kind of neat or oh these outfits are kind of atrocious i need to find a better one uh so it was a lot more like pushed by the gameplay in the beginning and just like you know the night and day cycles i remember when i first started really getting into it playing for like i don't know how many hours straight without even really realizing it um the, the, and the like, time was cycling? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, both in the real world and in the game. And uh, <laughs> if you go all the way back to my stream archives between the first time I streamed the game and the second time, like, it, it's obvious that I've been playing the game for, like, 10 plus hours in between that that I hadn't even streamed. Like, maybe 20 plus. I yeah. Um, and so I was just kind of, like, invested in the world. And it was, like, a very comfortable vibe. Like, mm -hmm. it was very fun. I there's a part of me that really adores kind of like grinding stats type stuff to just be like, Oh yeah. All my effort is paying off. I'm getting like a payoff from this. The, the number goes up. Yes. Um, and I picked like a healer class at first. Uh, but the great thing about this game is that you can change your class on the fly. Uh, from what I know of many other, uh, MMOs, you pick that one class and then you're just stuck with that. Um, but this one, you can be every single class in the game. And not only is there combat classes, uh, there's also like crafting. There's mm. an entire huge thing about crafting. And each job quest has like its own storyline that is very expansive and has a complete other cast of characters um, where you could like, you know, if you're role playing in your head, you could think of yourself more as like a carpenter who has just like been tasked to save the world and you are just trying to muddle along. Yeah, sure um so it has like a lot of ways for you to get kind of like lost in the world and i think like i said before it feels like very comfortable and like yeah. kind of 
comforting in a way when you die it's not all that punishing you know it's not like you lose your souls and have to come back or something you just go back to your home world uh and you can like change your warp point to be closer to wherever you're doing things so it's not even that detrimental if you die you don't Mm. have to go as much backtracking nice um so yeah again because i've been playing final fantasy games forever as a kid um and i think the last one i played before this was 15 which is the uh road trip with the boys in the car Um, yes of course that's one i want to play because it seems fun yeah i that was another one that i got into that i was not expecting to especially because like the developments if you want to talk about a tragic muddled development uh schedule that game is uh it's been through the shit wow and they like carve pieces of the story out as like a cgi movie and like an anime series so parts of the story can feel very weird yes um but just kind of like the moment-to-moment gameplay of running around with the boys making comments on like monsters that you're fighting or whatever and cooking and making a campsite like it it's very fun that also has kind of like a cozy vibe to it yeah. to an extent um, um just hearing about you getting into like ff14 specifically mm-hmm. is so interesting it's like i love that you took a flyer on a game to play with this friend group and unintentionally ended up like finding other things about it that were like comforting or cozy or fun um like a number of different factors that led to that that's so cool was there like a moment when you were like get still maybe getting into it that it fully clicked or that you were like oh i'm really enjoying this and like i'm sticking with it for now yeah so like i kind of touched on a bit about how like the story when you get into it for me at least it was it was kind of dry at the beginning and like i understand why it is Uh, yeah but it sucks because that makes a harder sell for some people especially folks who are like super story focused like me um but like you get to know the side characters who are part of like your hero group a bit they're all very different and have like their own history with each other that is kind of neat to figure out but um where it really clicked with me is when you get to um this like snowy area kind of closer to the end of the uh like original like base game mm. sort of um and you get embroiled in this mystery with like these religious zealots who are like planting evidence on folks that they like want to get rid of and there's like this whole uh mystery behind it where you're like following clues and then you accidentally inadvertently like delivered some of that false evidence so you're like oh "Oh, shit i'm like responsible for this person maybe being executed i gotta stop that um and like meanwhile every other character like or like every other section you've been to in the game has been kind of like okay hey adventurer help me out um but when you get to this place all of like or not all of them but most of like the citizenry like hate you kind of Mm -hmm. they're like exclusionary they're like you're an outsider get out of here um so it felt like suddenly oh okay the world's sort of reacting to me now okay it feels more like okay i had a part in this i want to make it right these people suck but then you meet a couple other folks who are like more sane characters who are like yeah there's something worse going on here we really need your help like as an outsider you can do things i can't because like i'm embroiled in this society i can't do a thing so can you please help me out Hmm. um and suddenly it becomes like kind of a little mini detective story um and expands on like the greater lore of like these dragons and this place that is setting up um heavensward which is the next big expansion 
And all of this, you just came on the trail trying to get like an airship. Uh, so and here like you are like wrapped up in this like mystery. Yeah, exactly. And so that's when I kind of clicked. I was like, okay, cool. There's more stuff going on here. And the cool thing too is that they've got so many writers because this is such a huge game that the writer who she wrote like most of that section and a bunch of those characters and everything, uh, she became like the main writer of Shadowbringers, which is oh, the your expansion. Fave. Yeah, that got me. And then also uh, Endwalker. And she did a couple of the other job quests, like the Dark Knight job quest that she wrote is still oh, wow. one of my favorite ones to this day. It's so cool um she did the ninja one too which is like very fun and a little more comedic uh but it was just like cool that i was picking up on like oh this is like really cool writing that they're doing here they're doing something different yeah and then seeing that payoff later to be like oh yeah she's she's so cool i can't believe that like they gave her a whole expansion which they should have done that earlier that's so um, cool I, i'm like i don't know there's two writers that are credited with uh Shadowbringers, the, that expansion um one is banri oda and then natsuko ishikawa i, I bet it's it could be natsuko i don't know yeah what gender the name Bonri typically is but um uh anyway that's so fun I love that it like it stuck for you and that also sounds like such like I'm not surprised that sounds like a very intriguing and fun um moment in the game to yeah. like hook you um, it was I so for you well I'd love to know um and of course it sounds like it could have changed throughout the years but like, what class did you start at? I mean, you said healer. Mm -hmm. um, have you stayed a healer? Are you rocking a different class currently? Yeah, actually. Um, so if you've been following me for a couple of years, you would have seen this change. But if you're following me now, like my username on everything now is Red Mage Roxy because I fell in love with the Red Mage class. I loved uh, it so much. I should have guessed I that. <laughs> It has elements of healing and damage, and it's one of the few, like, uh, damage classes that can also revive. Mm. So you can be very helpful if you're, like, the only one left. You could revive the healer who can then revive everybody else or something. So you can kind of be, like, a pinch hitter, which is, like, nice to be able to help out. Huge. Um, without having the huge responsibility of being the main healer. Yes. Um. So it's a very versatile class. You also get like really stylish clothes. The um okay, storyline stuff. Yeah, it is. It very <laughs> much is. The storyline that you get for the job class is also very fun. There's like a uh, dapper older cat man and like a cute uh little girl who kind of becomes like your little sister figure. Aww. Uh, and you're going out kind of like figuring stuff out. Um, so like the class story is very fun too. Uh, yeah. And I and I mentioned Ninja before as well. So that's also a DPS class, which is very fun. Um, and uh, let's see. So I didn't stay a healer. Uh, I kind of, as the <laughs> game progressed and I got more into it, um, the pressure of like being a healer, it doesn't click with me as much. It mm -hmm. takes a lot more work and I get a lot more like stressed out uh, because of the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're um, doing a raid or just playing with anybody else, really? Yeah, like when you're yeah. doing raid content, that's when it's like really important, like raids mm. or trials, um, especially if it's like the more recent stuff, because like not everybody has it down. So like that's the thing with a lot of the content in this game. If other folks have been playing it for years, but it's your first time, like they tend to know these fights kind of like dances, like they mm. know all the moves, they know how to react to stuff and how to like offset people who maybe it's their first time doing. Yes. It. Um. 
which like you have a sprout above your head like a little seedling above your head with your name um until you hit the end of Shadowbringers so that it communicates to the rest of the people playing the game oh this is this person's first time doing this maybe or they're newer to the content so like go easier on them maybe help them out or something (laughs) um which is like the community I've met with this game everybody has been so nice and kind like people will try to hold back spoilers so they don't spoil the story because it's so good they want people to explore it on their own terms um and like if you see that somebody is in a cutscene and you're in a raid with a bunch of folks if you're an asshole you can go and start that fight and then the people who are in the cutscene are just like left behind in the dust Mm. um but like i've only seen that once and it was an accident when somebody accidentally like triggered the boss fight before those people were done seeing the cutscene because normally it's just everybody just waits for them they're like okay cool you're seeing it for the first time we'll just wait here yeah it's like a couple minutes um where just everybody feels so like they're so kind to one another there's been plenty of times when i was a sprout where i just got a random gift from someone who was just like here's this thing and then walked away um (laughs) and like i've wanted to try and pay that forward too sometimes when i will see uh other folks who are newer players so it really like engenders this kindness towards other people in the world and just being like hey we're all on this journey together let's have fun kind of and like that has not been my perception of like multiplayer or like online games i mean sure normally when people talk about a game you're playing online i'm like oh call of duty chat rooms that sounds like a disaster nightmare i don't want to be a part of that yeah Um, even like like because i'm that I feel like that's been like an experience I've seen and ex- like experienced in the past with certain games too. And uh, even like games that are less like you would think are less to- like, uh, sorry, foster like a less toxic community still can have like significant portions of that population that are rough to be around or mm-hmm. like interact with. And I'm so glad to hear that your experience has been one that has been so like uh people have been graceful and and respectful and and just like sweet that's awesome yeah and like i'm sure there's pockets of the community that aren't because it's just For so sure. huge like but and like weird drama will pop up from time to time there was something during was it this summer or last summer where someone had hacked the game and got access to outfits before they were released then made a billboard in real life with pictures of their characters wearing it, advertising a party they were putting on in the game. This sounds familiar. Did this, did they, did legal action come down on them? I think they might have. I should follow up to see what happened. But like, it it was basically illegal what they did. Um, And like, you had other players basically jamming their house that they had bought to like block it, like block the door and make it so they couldn't like enter or come in (laughs) (laughs) to be like, it's not okay that you did this. We're going to punish you for it, I guess. Oh my goodness. And to the point where people have made like joke fan merch for it and stuff (laughs) um, where they meme on it. So there's like. And that's just one story of many of just like weird things that have happened throughout the years that this game has been out, like with the community and yeah. stuff. Um, that, that is just kind of neat. There's also just like the musician who is behind a lot of the game's music called uh, Sokin. He has like his own band called Primals and stuff. Hmm. And he's responsible for some of like the coolest music you'll ever hear in a video game. Um, but there's this one part in Shadowbringers where you enter this forest and... The song is called La He, 
and uh it has a very strange lyric in it where it says like lucky <laughs> and he did a joke performance during a concert using that automaton um instrument do you know what those are not off the top of my head but i could look it up okay i don't know if we have a couple minutes for this or if jeremy can edit around it <laughs> no but go ahead truly um so it's just like a funny weird like synthesizer thing oh so i see he comes, yes he comes all dressed like in a suit and is like, oh, I'm going this. to play Lucky and then plays it on the thing. Uh, will it surprise you to hear that the third one that's popping up on this Google search is uh is a uh, Kirby automaton? That's incredible. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, there's all kinds of funny things with that, but so like even one of the creators in the game made a joke like that on like stage live, and now it's become a thing where like whenever you see a streamer who's playing the game for the first time and they enter into that forest and they hear that song, you're like, okay, now I got a video for you. You have to watch this. That's great. Just like sharing. It's like lore met like there's lore in the game and then there's like the meta of like the community like that. Mm -hmm. That is it's fun. That's gosh, the more I hear, I mean, like this this has already been a game for a while that I've been like, oh man, I know I'm not gonna play it, but boy. In another life, I'm like the <laughs> one of the people who loves this game the most. Uh, I've got some more questions for you about this yeah, game. Yeah. Um, and we'll I'll eventually get into like more of the contextual details uh, of questions I've got for you about this. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, do you for you like whether it's currently or in the past, what is the thing that you enjoy most about the game, um, whether it's like a a quest i know you talked about loving Shadowbringers. um whether it's a quest whether it's like teaming up with a group of people um i just wanted to like open that up for you of like another aspect that you wanted to highlight um well i think it's probably what i've been talking about a lot so uh tell me if i'm just saying the same stuff again but uh, the story of the game is actually what I like best, uh, wow. more than anything. Like, I it's would very not have engaging. expected hearing that about an MMO, but that could right? just be like a false understanding of like the quality of writing in an MMO. Um, so by all means, sorry just... to interrupt. Oh, no, no, you don't have to apologize. That has just been like, it's because they view it as this is a mainline Final Fantasy entry. So it needs to have the quality of writing of a game like that. We're yeah. like, no other MMO is written like this. That mm -hmm. is why it is such a singular, weird, cool thing that the writing and the characters are so important to them and they kind of come first. Um, and like people who don't care about the story can just skip it um, yeah. and just do fights to hit things. And that's that's completely fine too. Um, but there's just been so much care and attention to detail and things that they will call back to that you did not expect them to. That, like, because of their skill with the writing, they probably didn't plan that shit ahead of time, but they found a really cool way to integrate a thing from, like, five years ago into the yeah. current thing you're doing now and make that pay off. Huh. So, like, the more side quests you do, the more rewarded you get for just, like, knowing about the world and the characters and things that are going on. Um, and, like, you do get dialogue choices to an extent, like, sometimes to respond. So it's not like a Bioware RPG or something where it, like, you know, can result in a character dying or something. Yes. But we were talking about uh, Firewatch recently, and yes. it's kind of a similar thing where it colors your perception of the character you were playing as and how the characters kind of react to you. Like you can give a more sarcastic answer or you could give a more heroic answer. Mm -hmm. um, you can, there are instances where sometimes you can tease a character and maybe they're like, well, now you're in for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so just like little interactions like that and uh just by the point that you get to god it probably happened like in stormblood like these characters kind of feel like a second family in a way especially because you spend so much time with them like i basically streamed nothing but this game for about like a year yeah maybe more and that was just going through the story so each day for me it was like i'm sitting down and hanging out with my final fantasy 14 buds what are we getting into today um and it just feels like a game that is living alongside you because it is continually doing new content you're continually seeing these characters change and grow and having new additions to the cast or having other characters like step to the background or something um that's so cool yeah, and because there's such a huge cast of characters, what they're doing with some of the more recent stuff, um, it's just focusing on like having like four of them or something come with you. So they get yeah. a little more time and uh like exposure to grow and change, which has been really mm. neat to see. Um, so you're caught up at this point on the story, correct? Almost. Uh okay, six point cool. five uh came out a couple weeks ago. Okay, um cool. so I have not played that yet, but I'm planning to like stream it next week, two weeks from now. Okay, very, very cool. Um, I would love to know, uh, to, I'm going to start to like ask you a little bit more about the context, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, which you've kind of given us. You started playing this game with a group of friends uh, remotely. Um, but where I want to begin is that even though like you play this game, like I've watched you stream this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know <laughs> that you play it where you are sitting right now. Um, oh. For the at least what I assume is for the majority of that, but oh, yeah, no, hundred percent. Would you, even though I can see it on the video, would you describe like the normally I ask people to like do a scene painting of like where they played this game uh, mm-hmm. from their past? Um, so like, what's describe your setup to us and just like the room that you're in a bit uh, as much as you'd like to. Uh, sure. So I am like renting a room from a friend who that friend doesn't care about like the downstairs area so i basically get to have like my office down here awesome um, so i've kind of like sectioned off a corner of it um and uh it's actually like much bigger than what you see here here's like a partition that i like oh made, so this there. isn't just like you're not in an office room you've like sectioned off a, a part yeah. of the downstairs is what you mean yeah so i'm basically Ooh. like in a living room the kitchen is like five feet in front of me no way <laughs> <laughs> um so like sometimes during recordings my roommates will come down and like make food and i'll have to be like okay can we pause for a minute they're like making yes dinner and of course pots around i'm sorry <laughs> yeah um but like i have a whole bunch of like cool merch and like uh i've got a map on the wall and all this stuff that like it didn't look like this until I started playing the game. Like basically everything in my background is Final Fantasy 14 related, unless you like go up here and like, oh look, there's Heather from uh Silent Hill 3 and Leon from uh Resident Evil 2. Yes. And, like Callie and Garrus and 9S and stuff. Um <laughs> That's amazing. so I've just kind of like jam-packed my little area here with as much stuff as I can. Yeah. Um do you I, like, work in this uh like at your setup here as well? yes yeah it's my work desk for streaming and for making art and stuff Uh, cool so you spend a lot of time in that seat like in this room (laughs) yes i do and this chair is so old and busted i have like two pillows and a blanket behind me to make it uh, comfortable that needs to be replaced i played a gaming chair once connor it was a mistake it like fucked up my back i don't know how people use those things Uh, i so i used to also do the same thing where the chair that i would use i would have like be sitting on like a pillow and have a blanket behind me 
because it was so stiff, but like I got mm-hmm. this, this is like an office chair that I'm in that I got three years ago and like fully recommend and love. It may not be not, it may also not be conducive to your back, but I can always send you a link. Um, yeah, no, please do. I will. I would love to have that. <laughs> yes. Um. So you've got, I mean, thank you for doing a little scene painting for the listener and showing me a little more as well. Um. But from your life, uh, whether it be um, broad or specific, what are some things or like moments that have uh, colored your experience with this game? Whether it's like, oh, I was working a lot or me and my friends were doing this. I'd, I'd love to know anything you'd like to share with us. Yeah, Um. I guess kind of like after my friends who I tried to get to play the game with me uh, bounced off it. Um. It was kind of just like my relationship with the game as a solo experience and then streaming the game with like my online community who continued to grow as I was uh, playing the game and getting through it. It's a a huge thing for like folks to become emotional vampires when people are going through the game the first time to like be like, oh, cool. I want to see someone's first time reaction to this insane thing that's going to happen. Yes. Um, So I luckily nobody spoiler spoilered anything for me. Um. But uh, there was a part where one of my favorite characters in the entire game dies, and I didn't, I knew that they were going to die because that part got spoiled for me, Aww. but I didn't know when. So I thought it was much further along, and I had like gotten it in my head, like, oh, it must be like some sort of grander sacrifice or incident or something. And it's kind of like, it's not that at all. Oh, so, no. <laughs> um, it was a part where like I, was so blindsided by it and was so like disappointed with how they handled it this was something that happened in uh heaven's word so it was Mm. earlier on um that i was just like i have to turn the game off and i like didn't come back to it for like a week yeah um so like i don't know uh well you've it's oh sorry go ahead oh no no what were you i didn't i thought you were like looking for a new thought but i interrupted you i think finishing that thought Oh, yeah, I guess I can just say that, like, this game was, like, a year and a half of my life straight, kind of. Like, it, yeah. it felt like it was living alongside me. Like, it was, like, he was a friend, kind of, to an extent. Totally. Um, where just, like, I was playing it, like, every other day. Even when I wasn't streaming it, I was playing it to an extent. Um, And just kind of, like, slowly getting more and more absorbed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, And, like, you know, trying to uh tell people other people about like my experience with it i tried like once i got further into it to try and get my old friend group to do it again (laughs) um and they were like no i I can't or i'm playing a different game or one of my friends had a baby so she was like i can't yeah even play a game that's five minutes let alone one that is like 50 hours um you even got like some of our crew to like play it a little bit and i thought they were gonna stick with it more because it seemed like they liked it yeah like nick was playing it with other friends before he ever played it with me and we did like one stream playing it together and i was gonna try and get like him and jeremy and uh tyler like play it off stream or something like we didn't have to do it as a stream thing but uh they didn't end up sticking with it and i was just like yeah whenever you guys want to play it just hit me up and they never did which uh there's so many games coming out. I get it. Um, totally. Uh, but, uh, it, I was like excited for you and them when that was sort of happening over a couple yeah. weeks. Uh, but hey, we I mean, we have a whole channel in our discord. It's more of like a Final Fantasy in general channel at this yeah. point. But uh, it did start out as like an FF14 channel because we have 
some listeners who also love the game. Um, yeah, I think we even had some migrants from my Discord come over too yes. and be like, oh yeah, here, here's some so, info. Totally. Um, speaking of which, like, is there anything you'd like to say about like the community that you found around playing the game, whether it was like through, di- you know, your Discord or like your, uh, or streaming that you wanted to highlight? Um, I guess basically I've just met so many people who have been like, very helpful and like they're probably even more deep into the game than i am in many different ways some of them are like hardcore raiders um some of them are folks who like never really played with other people before that much even um but like there's so many community streams that uh the game creators do so there's a thing called like the live letter from the producer that uh, Yoshi P and like their marketing guy and other people will uh, sit in on just to give you a little update of like, oh, this is what's coming in this update uh, to Mm. tell you what's going on. And those are like live in Japan at like, I don't know, 2 a.m. our time or something. Um, And like so much of that is harder to keep track of. And I'll have people in my community be like, oh yeah, hey, this is coming up. Are you going to be covering it or something? I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me. Yes, I am. Okay, cool. Um, So like, so many people who are so on the ball about stuff. Um, I'm also a person who really like adores fan merch, like uh, things that other artists have made, like through fan art or like there's a lot of like plushies to my side here. Yes. Basically all of them are fan made. Like none of these are oh. official. Um, so it just kind of like speaks to the passion and investment that people have. Yeah. That like they can make these super detailed fan works and stuff and share them with other people. Um, yeah. So, like, the art community for this game is insane. And, I'm, like, I'm working on some fan merch of my own that got a little delayed because there was a bunch of family stuff I had to deal with this year. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting back into that and being able to contribute more myself to, like, the the art community surrounding this game. That's so cool. Uh, I love, like, how many ways this game has, like, seemingly brought, like, enjoyment to your life, uh, whether it be, like, the communities that you've, become a part of or formed uh or like also what you are putting out like you're just talking about the merch of like gosh i love this so much like i want to share this with people that's so cool um i do i've got just a couple more things i want to ask you about this game before we sort of wrap up uh the first of which is is there any aspect of this game that or or like a moment that you had in the game anything really that you haven't gotten to mention yet that you're like, I can't finish this episode without talking about this thing. Okay. It's hard because like I talked about with spoilers, like if you, if you haven't played the game, like I don't want to spoiler stuff for folks. Sure. Um, of course. Yes. Especially because like, like I said, Shadowbringers was like my, when it became my favorite game and there's so many moments in that expansion. And then the updates at, that came after it that are just like, so good like the story is so unbelievably good it'll make you cry because you're happy and you're sad um because of the different things it does uh but there's a part in um the uh 0.3 update after shadowbringers uh which is kind of like the the ending to that expansion um where it just pays off so many character threads the boss fight you have leading up to that like the context behind who you're fighting is just like kind of nuts they're sort of like the first hero kind of like the first warrior of light who like you are you are the warrior of light 
Um, so it's kind of like almost fighting an alternate version of yourself in ah. a way. Um, and the context behind how, how all that works, it's it's very sad that this person is fighting you. It sucks. But they're also like an adversary you've been fighting basically since the beginning of the game. Um, huh. It's just they finally come to the forefront as like an adversary you can actually fight now instead of just being someone who is like doing shit in the background. Interesting. Um, you get helped by someone who was previously a villain who was working against you. They show up for one last second to help you. Um and then there's a really sad payoff with this character who has been kind of like ailing this entire time, who is just like, he he was just trying to help you, just trying to do his best. It's really sad that like, um, he doesn't make it out of that, but he comes back in like a different form to join your party. And it's just like, it's so sad because you lost that character, but then he comes back in a different form in a way, who is then with you now for the rest of the journey, which is mm. so great um because all he wanted to do was go on an adventure and uh-huh. now he gets to um so like I, i'm trying to dance around it without giving too many spoilers um but uh i i've just never had a reaction to a, a game like that with the characters yes. and everything that they had set up like coming together in such a satisfying and like emotionally resonant way like that's cool uh yeah there there's nothing like it so if you can get that far into the game and you don't love it at that point then you have no soul i guess but uh, (laughs) i understand how hard it is to get to that point in the game because it is like a lot of hours totally um Um, i mean i'm sure there is just like endless and endless things that you could discuss about this game whether it be like oh i actually love these classes and this combat and this music and this uh, this specific town, but um, I guess listener, check out Roxy's stream because you're probably gonna. There's just so much more time being spent there on this game. Yeah, I so, had to like specifically tell Connor like just rein me in if I'm going on for too long because there's literally like years of stuff with. This oh game. yeah, <laughs> that's a that's like a tough thing. One tough thing about this podcast format is that when someone like yourself has so much experience and like depth of enjoyment with a game it one of these like overview episodes because they are surface level in general i would say it oh it's tough when it's like there's so much more that you've Mm -hmm. got so that being the case um before we do wrap this up and do the post show segments would you do me a favor and just sort of wrap up for us the place that this game uh holds for you whether it's like you know broad or specific yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of mentioned it before how like this feels like a living, breathing world that like kind of grows alongside you in a way. So it, this game feels like a friend. The, this That's probably the best way to describe cool. it. Final Fantasy XIV is my friend. Um, me and Mikey joked, actually, uh, when I was talking about how much I like this, he was like, oh, you found your video game soulmate. And I was like, <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, no, that works. Uh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I guess you nailed um, it, Mikey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, Roxy, thank you so much for bringing on Final Fantasy fourteen to discuss with me. Um, uh, this was a blast to hear from you, and I'm sure we could have gone. We could have done like a 10-part series on this. If yeah, we really this was so much to. fun. Thank you for inviting me here to ramble and talk about this. It was, it was great. <laughs> You're very welcome. And, you know, we've known each other for a few years now, and this is a game that I know means so much to you. So I'm so glad that you got to be the person to bring it on and discuss um because <laughs> also like every not every episode of this podcast in fact most of them 
aren't pe- about people's favorite games. So I'm glad that like oh, okay. <laughs> occasionally it happens where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, a favorite game also hit like a meaningful like inflection point in someone's life. And this is mm. one of those. So eh, it's just it was just fun for me. Um, <laughs> that being said, we're not quite done yet. I do have a couple of segments to close us out with. The first of which is, of course, the fact me by your game segment. And that's just Ooh. where I share fun facts with my guest about the game they brought on today. Um, I have uh, just one fun fact for you um, because there's endless stuff about this game that I think mm-hmm. and endless Easter eggs, endless tie-ins. So I found one fun fact, thanks to a YouTube user called Red J, who has a fun, fun facts about Final Fantasy XIV episode. Um, mm-hmm. And I have this fact titled bathing. Who needs it? So... According to the item description, on a grade two Skybuilder soap, it seems that most uh, – wh- the way he pronounced it was Ishgardians do not bathe regularly. You, you nailed it. <laughs> I nailed – okay, huge. So the item description says specifically that when combining this soap with an empty stocking, it can be used as a weapon, which according to this description is the most common use. It goes on to say that many residents – have discovered that the need to wash themselves is mitigated by wearing thick layers of clothing. To which I say, I mean, come on, y'all. We know that it may be outwardly. Maybe you're not getting dirt and blood and stuff on you, but you're nasty under there. Yeah, truly. And if it's Ishgard <laughs> folks, they got a lot of dragon blood all over them. Oh, yeah. And that's it doesn't oh, just stick. It, it trickles down. You know, it's gross. I my big takeaway from the stinky elves, I guess. Yes. I thought <laughs> this was such a funny, like little detail uh, that like really can color the world. And I'm sure there are countless things like this in this There's game. There's so but... many whacked out item descriptions. I've never heard that one before, though. You did find a fact oh, I did not know. Look at you. Huge. I feel so accomplished. But anyway, that's it for the fact me by your game segment. Just the one today. I like to have two, but you know, that did a lot of heavy lifting. Um <laughs> it's very funny and weird. The, the final segment is the, of course the game recommendations. Now, Roxy, this segment is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where okay. I'm gonna treat Final Fantasy 14 like your passionate summer love that you had in Italy. Uh okay. But of course, not too far off, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, like the movie, your love affair is not going to last. It's going to have to come to an end. So in your Tragic. time of heartbreak, I'm going to try to be a good friend and give you three potential new flings that will hopefully get your heart, like your mind off of uh, Final Fantasy 14 finally. So all three of these have at least one thing in common with FF14 because kind of like in the real world when you're setting up a friend, like some familiarity can go a long way. Maybe not looking exactly or being exactly like their ex, but you get it. So Mm -hmm. all that lead up to say I've got three recommendations for you today. The first of which is if you love MMOs, which now I know you really don't. It's just this one, (laughs) but but it's what I wrote down. If you'd rather have a much more simple MMO that in fact you were like Connor. I want you to recommend an MMO to me. The only one that I've ever spent extensive time with is a game I bet you haven't even heard of. It's called uh, Flife, which stands for Fly for Fun. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. What is this? So I'm pretty sure I've recommended this 
like in this segment to people before, but <laughs> this is an MMORPG that my friends and I discovered. Well, it's a North, it's like a, it's a Korean developed and Japanese published game oh, that, was, that came okay. out, I think originally in like 2004, 2005, that in Ooh. a computer class, I'm more telling you my context of the game, but <laughs> that in like a typing and computer proficiency class in high school that um, me and my friends would obviously finish our work so quick, we would get bored and dick around on the internet. And we got this game uh, that was we, a free to play game where it's just a very generic but fun MMO that I had so much fun exploring. You can choose your class. You're like the characters are really cute. You can eventually fly, which is the whole and then the title of the game is fly for fun. Honestly, and it's still playable today. Oh, okay, that was gonna be my big question. I was like, how do you play this? Is it still on browser or yes? Um, you can also download an app, I think, for the computer that like as a if it's a program. Um okay. But uh look, not a serious recommendation, but since we're talking about MMOs, I had to bring up Flife. Uh it seems cute and I've never heard of it before. So I'm yeah. just intrigued to see something I've never heard of. So I think yeah. you know, as a kid who loved video games but never played anything like this, it was really cool to be like interacting with many people and or teaming up with my friends. I genuinely never played this for more than a week i would play it for like three or four <laughs> days and stop but uh-huh. um anyway that's your first one okay uh, cool flife flife yes life okay f-l-y-f-f your second recommendation i am pivoting here i originally was going to recommend another mmo but since i know you don't like this here's my <laughs> recommendation all right is if your takeaway from final fantasy 14 is that you don't like MMOs, but you love Final Fantasy. But you, Roxy, you've had your fill of the JRPG Final Fantasies and even some of the action ones. Yeah. I'll recommend to you Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, which is, of course, the tactical RPG version. Have you ever played this or advanced? So I played the Tactics one for the PlayStation 1 very briefly. Uh, couldn't wrap my head around it as a kid. I hated it and returned it to GameStop. but i have been told by so many people that it's such a good game um and like the writer for that came to write like a raid series in final fantasy 14 he's got a whole chunk of story that he's written for the game that's cool Um, yeah that even some of the characters come back and stuff which would be very neat for if you like that series uh there there's a lot of fan service for that one that's cool fran even shows up who uh is in evil east which is the tactics world that's Um, right but but like even with all of my knowledge of that i've never actually gone back to it and played it so you are correct in your recommendation i should go back and play it there's even like a revamped psp version of it that is sitting on my shelf unplayed that i have no excuse for not having played it yet (laughs) could be worth checking out you know tactics games like can be hit or miss for me but like i have the advanced a game boy advanced version Mm, um, which is good things a a different game but it's also critically acclaimed uh and it's every time i turn it on i'm like oh this is awesome but i don't have the time for this so i don't (laughs) understandable Um, i think also like i've played so many more games now since then that like whatever frustrated me as a kid is probably not frustrating at all anymore (laughs) yeah it totally could be uh more like you know apt like i guess in line with your skill set now or like your enjoyment um so that's your second recommendation. And your final one is if the thing that you love most about this game is that you can get married. You can marry someone 
And oh, that's, you can. Which, we didn't even yeah. talk about that really. Um, yeah, you, you can marry other game? players. Yep, I'm not. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, um, one advantage it does have is that it gives you an item that lets you warp directly to that person without oh. like costing any in-game currency like gill uh so some people literally just get married just so they can <laughs> warp around for hey free. honestly uh, not too different from the real world yeah um, you get some insurance benefits I guess. yeah that's great uh <laughs> but if breaks. that's like your big takeaway from this game then i'll recommend to you even though there are many games you can get married in i went back and forth on this choice i'll recommend most of the fire emblem series because you can do that and you've you talked about fire emblem awakening earlier yeah, I bought the my 3DS literally for that game. It was the the game I bought the system for. Uh and I love those. I played all of Fire Emblem 3 Houses on stream, yeah. um, which I joked that it was Fire Emblem 1 House because I cre- recruited every single character I could except for one of them because I fucked something up. Oh, um, what house did you go with? I went with Dimitri. Um, he just very much appealed to my sensibilities, I guess. But like Claude is awesome and Edelgard is awesome. Like you yes. can't go wrong with whoever you pick in that. And I need to start a new playthrough with one of those characters as my house. So hey, uh, that's a good recommendation. Well, look at that. <laughs> so yeah, my most generic uh, recommendation. So I'll, I'll I'll just go through this list again. We've got <laughs> Life. We've got Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and then we have Most of the Fire Emblem games, which I don't even know if you can get married in most of them, but I'll throw the ones you can get married in. Yeah, Uh, the more recent ones you can, I think. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it for that segment, and that'll actually bring us uh, to the end of the show. So before we go and plug whatever we want, Roxy, thanks again for taking the time to do this. I know we get to pod together a lot, but we don't get to do it one-on-one very often, and this was a blast. Thanks for being here. It truly was, and I think since, like, I'm not, I don't come from an improv background like all yeah. of you guys do, so many y- y'all are, like, making funny jokes one after another <laughs> at each other, but here we just get to have, like, a relaxed conversation, which has been just really great, and it's I love time. the jokey part, too. Don't don't get me wrong. I love yes. seeing you guys perform, but, uh, yeah, it's a very different vibe, and I appreciate it. Of course. Well, hey, uh, this is a blast having you on. What do you want to plug on your way out? Where can the people find you? Um, so I am on Twitter, Twitch, and Blue Sky as Red Mage Roxy, all one word, so very easy to find me. I stream three days a week. I'm going to be streaming our Games Club game, um, which is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Are you and then, stream of course, that tonight at all? Yes, I am, actually. Okay. I might have to flip that on <laughs> while I'm playing something else, but that's exciting. Yay! Um, and, of course, I'm streaming Final Fantasy XIV. Like, it, it's constantly updating. There's so much stuff to go through. And, again, this game has been out for, like, 10 years. I've been playing it for two, so there's... Even aside from the main story, there's so many other things to get into that I'm still playing. Mm. And, like, I'm going back and doing, like, Mass Effect playthroughs, and I was actually playing Shadow Hearts 2, a bunch of retro stuff. Um, Anyway, that all of that is to say, come come find me on Twitch, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays. Say hello. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'll go ahead and uh, just close this out with some plugs of my own. Of course, anything that Roxy and I plug, you can find in the show notes, the first of which for me is that the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram with, at Glenn, with two N's, dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. If you'd like to give him a tip of the cap, of your cap, really, uh, you can check out his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show, wherever you get your podcasts. It's also part of this network. Um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky, uh, so click the link to those profiles if you want to give me a follow there. Uh, I'm on Twitch, even though I haven't been streaming very much, or really at all in the last few months, at uh, <laughs> twitch.tv 
slash cons is cool 69. And lastly, is that if you like me and the conversations I have with people about video games, you got to check us out on Patreon. Uh, our network again is over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have a ton of bonus video game podcasts waiting for you. I already talked about the games club series that we do year round new episodes almost every single Friday out of the year. I think this year I was calculating it. And by the end we will have done there will only be four weeks without a Games Club episode, so that's 50 Damn. Games Club episodes just this year. Um, Holy shit. And then I do a special bonus uh, podcast on that network, a co-op version of this podcast. And it's co-op in the sense that I bring people on to talk to me about games. We don't talk about only co-op games. But <laughs> um, coming the most recent release that we had, Roxy was actually featured on. We discussed Firewatch. Um, so much fun. Which it's so funny because this will come out like – weeks after that but we just recorded it yesterday so very strange time traveling we're doing and then for the month of november we're covering the original psychonauts so i'm going to go through that in an overview episode with a couple of good friends but yeah of course that's all at patreon.com slash super npc radio highly recommend uh you uh check us out there to see some awesome stuff that you could be getting every week but that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game we will see you on the next one